0: What's up, everybody? Sorry, did it one more time. Sorry again. Sorry again. Uh, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to For the Haters podcast. Uh, this is Becky, your host. We are also joined here by Laura, our co-host and writer.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then today's guest is AJ. What's up? If you want to just say hello to the f- nice people. <laughs> hello, fellow haters. Uh, nice. I, <laughs> I like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of just jump right into things because there's so many layers to your story and like what comes from it. Um, Mm -hmm. that I think is super beneficial to have the conversation. Um, so if you want to, you know, I don't know how much leading up to when all this started is as important to you, but whatever you want to kind of just, say about yourself and explain who you are sure um, and kind of why you're here
2: yeah well like i said my name is aj and uh, i grew up in a small town literally right next to where becky's from called Harmony township it's really nice people everybody knew everybody you know we all got along small friend circle in school (laughs) but i also like to play a lot of sports too which was something that was kind of like my release growing up Mm -hmm. and uh, i was a triathlete i played soccer basketball baseball uh, and I did that up in through high school, um, pretty much until like my. Well, I I played soccer up until about my senior year, and the other two I kind of like, strayed away from just because one school was a little bit more important, and one I only liked soccer more <laughs> than the other two. So, <laughs> you know, so it was a good time for me growing up uh, as far as the childhood I had leading up into <clears throat> high school, but. Unfortunately for me, I was in a car accident, in which case I slammed into a telephone pole, which I passed coming here, by the way. It's still there to this day, you know. It always reminds me to just kind of slow down and just, you know, ease with costing. Yeah. You know, looking around. Um, But, you know, I was a rookie driver at the time, and I jerked from the deer with the steering wheel, and the car kind of 360'd in a telephone pole, and I really herniated a disc bad in my back, in which case, you know, I kind of had to get surgery on, and then... uh, Once I had surgery on it, I went to college. College was, like, real quick, you know. I had fun, Um, but I also studied hard and got my uh, bachelor's degree in environmental biology, which I'm very proud of. Um, but for, uh, the majority of the time I was sitting, which was unfortunate, which also caused me a lot of discomfort as well, because one, I was very studious, you know, a science, it's very, you know, dedicated and you, you, your social circle really shrinks as far as, mm-hmm. you know, that, that goes. You're
0: reading a lot too. And with the Oh again. yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, all sorts of different like chemistry, biology, you know, everything. So I'm sitting long periods of time. Classes are like three, six hours a piece. And, uh, you know, it was very uncomfortable up until, you know, I was like, I need to get a job, in which case I can walk around and kind of like, you know, not be in a sedentary position where I'm sitting for a long period of time. And, you know, coming out of college, I needed healthcare as well. So, you know, I was like, I, I need a job. So I, I quickly, like, grabbed two part-time jobs to start making money uh, at HR Block and Best Buy. Um, And then ultimately got a full-time job the following year at Best Buy, in which case, you know, my problem started to progress a little bit more, which was, you know, unpredicted on my part because I thought it would be rather beneficial Mm -hmm. than negative, but it ended up kind of being a little bit of a negative what do you mean
1: by that like in 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 the case that you're you were having to stand for longer periods of time than you predicted or sit for longer periods of time i thought
2: that i would be more or less able to kind of like free roam like help people out like walk around when there wasn't people in the store but it ended up being like you stand there and help that customer there and you stand there and greet customers there and it's like so I can't go around and learn a little bit about the stuff in the store that I'm selling, or yeah. like you know, some 'cause because we not sold. even learn, just move. Yeah, for exactly. your body, right So like it was a very like you stand there and you do this kind of job, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it became as far as how it developed from where Best Buy was when I came in, in about 2016 to where it ended up in 2018. So ultimately, them closing the store and then us losing our jobs there. So. Mm-hmm
1: let's can i i want to take this back yeah. for a second because i feel like we sped through that and i and you I missed to a, lot. Like no, no, a no 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 like, <laughs> this is me <laughs> i appreciate that um okay let's go back to the accident yeah you were how old you were in high school
2: uh it was my junior year in high school and i believe i was about 16 or 17 okay like just got my license i was probably 17 mm-hmm. um and then like I think it was probably four or five months after I got my license, which would have been... I got my license in June because that's when my birthday... And the accident was, like, I think around Thanksgiving time or, like, October. So it was, like, a few months after I got my license. And literally just, you know, knee-jerk reaction, just cocked the wheel too quick and it was icy out. Because you'd seen a deer. Yeah, so it spooked me and I kind of just... Lost control on 519, which you know, Mm -hmm. which was very... I was reluctant to have nobody coming opposite directions or anyone behind me because I literally lost control of the car and spun three, four times into a telephone pole with Mm -hmm. that momentum. That could
1: have been catastrophic. Well,
2: Yeah, the police officer said I could have been pretty severely hurt if it would have hit my door rather than the front fender okay because that's where it ended up colliding was the front fender there Mm -hmm. and i literally was just like thrown into my steering wheel and the center console and stuff like that yeah So.
1: so you get into this accident and i would imagine all sports stop Right. I mean, effective immediately that. Yeah,
2: that's kind of why, like I said, sports kind of just, you know, shed it away because, you know, I wanted to focus more on my academics. One, because of that. And two, I was like, I'm going to finish up soccer because I was so dedicated to for all those years, Mm -hmm. though. I didn't play as much my senior year. I was still part of it. You know, I traveled with the team, you know, I, I, you know, I still felt like a member, did senior night and all that. Um, But, yeah, sports pretty much stopped after that. And, uh, you know, though, I did try to remain healthy as far as like exercise mm-hmm. and things like that, it started to become a lot harder as the years progressed. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at now is where I'm trying to like implement a healthy me program for the situation that I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's very hard to do certain exercises when your center of who you are is like your spine is messed up. Right. So you gotta do bending, you gotta do lifting in order to do those kinds of things, and I can't do those, so. I try to focus on other ways. Like I have a recumbent exercise bike now that I use that's, it's low riding. So that way I'm not putting any stress mm-hmm. on my low back and I can kind of just like pedal away.
0: Yeah. So, um, to kind of talk a little bit more about the result from, you know, you got a hernia disc are, p- are pretty common and the level of severity vary. Mm-hmm. Um, especially it depends what level it is and, and what discs are affected, Um, So you had gotten surgery. Is that the only time that... Did you
1: get another surgery after?
2: No, but I've had over 20 injections into my lower lumbar spine, which...
1: Like cortisone injection? Like what type of...
2: It's a steroid. You know, I'm not certain as far as what it was. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I wasn't told that prior to that. I was just saying this may or may not help, and ultimately it didn't. So, you know... It didn't
1: alleviate any pain. No,
2: if anything, it made things worse. Oh. Which is what my uh, general practitioner was telling me. He's like, you know... Those are kind of, like, hit or miss as far as, like, risks and, Mm -hmm. you know, the ultimate results for the person getting them. Like, it does help some people. Like, don't get me wrong, but there are risks involved because they are injecting a long needle into a groove of nerves Mm -hmm. that is being guided by uh, imaging. Because they literally take image uh, after image with markers to try to get the spot. Mm -hmm. So, there were things that were messed up uh, after... uh, one or two of those injections Mm -hmm. so like it started to get worse after that versus you know
0: yeah and so in your life when you graduated college it was essential for you to get a job with benefits because you needed health insurance having an injury that could lead to the unknown Mm -hmm. you know it can get better it could get worse you don't know so that's in your head that's Which is crazy, and we've talked about this before. Like, that being a deciding factor of what we do um, is so limited. It limits, like, what, you know, our future. It limits our creativity. Mm -hmm. It it limits, I feel like, a lot that we have the potential to do as humans because people settle for something because of right health insurance
2: there's little opportunities so you grab at what's available at the time Mm -hmm. you know which is what i did because that's what i was told to do because that's what everybody that was older than us did when they Mm -hmm. were our age you know It's like well do you know somebody that's working there well ask them for a job it's not that easy anymore you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you got to fill out the job application you got to go through the interview process yeah you know there's a lot more you know Climbing to the top of that ladder than it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago where it was just like, you know, somebody and you were there versus now where it's like, well, and also back then you would also go into the hospital. They take care of you. You know, you were sick. You go to the hospital. They take care of you until you're better. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's like you don't have health insurance? Yeah. Oh, this is going to cost you a lot. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, why are we not taking care of the people that need most taken care of? Yeah. Like, mostly, like, in the fact that, like, in my situation where I'm trying to, like, get that health care so that I can take care of this injury, but it's, like, you know, limited. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to, like, make life out of lemons without yeah. getting burned by them, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, if you could talk a little bit more about the actual pain, right, That the way that and what the pain is and, and how it affects your life then, your life now, um, and maybe even uh, – I have another question after you after you, sure. after you you answer that.
2: So, like, it's really – if you have ever thrown out your back, sciatica is more or less a term – for the feeling that I have. So if you were to say sciatica, that's more or less the uh, pain that wraps around from the lower back down into the buttocks, down the thigh, down the leg, and then over top of the foot. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, have you ever had your foot in an ice bath and you know that pain that kind of like starts to circulate after leaving Mm -hmm. it in there for too long? That's what my foot kind of feels like at all times. Uh, all the way up into my leg. The, yeah. And then my back is kind of like a little bit more of like a, a creaky, like, you know, stiffness. Where yeah. it's causing all of that sensation down my leg. So it's very hard and it's uh, very debilitating because it's also causing me balance issues and weakness. Mm-hmm. Hence why I, when I'm standing for a long time or I'm walking for long distances, I bring a walking stick with me. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough pain to get over. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with acceptance when I first started getting into like, you know, is this really happening to me? You know, you get into this. Well, why is this happening to me? You know, you, you don't want to accept it. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of like the pain. It's like you need to accept the fact that this is part of who your physical being is. And then you move forth from there. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let it affect you mentally. And I, it did affect me mentally for a while. And, you know, if you had a paper cut that didn't go away, I'm sure it would drive you insane, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is just something that I have to live with as a permanent paper cut, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you grim and bear it. You try to distract yourself as best you can. You try to grab at new opportunities because, you know, reluctantly for me, I have a family that's taking care of me in this whole process, which I love them dearly for. I love them dearly altogether. Um, But it's just, like, the fact that you need to change your life in a sense Mm -hmm. where it was like 10 years i see people posting these oh 2010 2020 (laughs) i'm just like well here's me as an athlete here's me with a stick yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um you know it's just it's 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 a hard thing to like i said accept but after you accept it it makes the pain much easier to deal with Mm -hmm. so 2018 into 2019 very rough for me 2020 is a real new me because mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with reconstructing my uh mind frame yeah. and the way i was thinking because i'm coming from a why me to uh this is me mm-hmm. you right. know it's kind of like you have to get over the why me and get to the this is me to move forth from that mm-hmm. and that's what this necklace that i wear represents it's the um what does it say it's the uh flower of life it's for open-mindedness and trying to be a little bit more you know Thoughtful of like you know feelings that you're having and trying mm-hmm. to think them out conscientiously and you know not react in a sense that would be negative you yeah. know you take it for what it is and you move forward. Move
0: forward.
1: I have the tree of life on my ring. I think we're in the same forest. Heck
2: yeah. <laughs> heck yeah.
0: Uh, c- can you talk? And it, it might be hard for you, but um, and whatever you're comfortable with, but can you talk a little bit more about you know that 2018 to 2019 period? You know, what was it mentally that, like, was the hardest? And I know you kind of touched on a little bit, but, you know, how did the mental aspect affect your life? And, you know, what were, like, the lows that you had to go through that you had to come out of? So, I mean, I
2: come from a family that's very working class. Like, my dad was a maintenance worker for 30 years, uh, retired doing it. I actually worked for him for many years. My mom... You know preschool teacher does taxes my sister's a teacher you know my pop my uh pop pop was a carpenter and in the Mm -hmm. uh navy so it's like very working class like you got a job you did your job you retired and that's kind of like what i grew up believing and the fact that i had to step down from pursuing my you know betterment for my future as far as employment and stuff like that to kind of take care of what was going on in my life. uh, It was, it was a real game changer and I had to restructure how I was going to go about my life, which was very, you know, it, I I can't, I'm trying to have a hard time finding words for it, but it's very debilitating. Like it literally takes you off your feet and, Makes you into this person that you never thought you would see yourself being, Mm -hmm. you know, prior to the situation. But that's what, you know, pain and depression can do to you. It can really beat you down to the point where it's like, well, I don't even want to watch this next series on Netflix. I just want to go to sleep. You know, I just want to go to sleep because I'm in pain and I don't want to feel it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and that that's not life. That's not a quality of life. And that's the life that I was living after I lost my job and step down from my job, you know, because of what I was living, you know, mm-hmm. it was a very hard time, as far as um, moving forth, because I was in such a, a void, you know, I was like, what do I do with my life? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm trying to think of things to do and stuff like that. But ultimately, the, the pain's there. And it's just beating you down, like you try to get back up. And it's like, it's still here, yeah. you know, so. How did
0: it affect your
2: social life? Uh, I really isolated myself. Like I kinda took myself away from Facebook. Uh, I stopped tweeting, you know, I stopped even posting pictures on Instagram, which I really love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was really the, in, in 2020, you know, not 2020, but 2020 vision, uh, literally I, I took myself away from all the people that could have helped me with the things that I was going through, because I didn't, at the time I was really thinking like, I don't want to burden them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's like my family's taking care of me already. Like I don't want to tell them what I'm going through mentally. Yeah. You know? So it's very hard to talk to people because you don't want to put it off on them as like, uh, well, this is going through my life. Help me. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody's willing to to give you that help. And it's hard to, put the trust into somebody to do that in the first place mm-hmm. and nonetheless get you know shut down sometimes from the people that love you the most
1: so yeah. was it equal parts like fear of burdening them and then fear of them rejecting your, your yeah ask, pretty much you know?
2: like you know it's every time i go to a, a family event it's gotten better but it was like well what are you doing with yourself it was like what do you mean what am i doing with myself you've you know what I'm going through. Right. Yeah. But do you know what I'm going through? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. otherwise, it, would hard. you be asking me that?
0: Yeah, and it's, it's hard for people to understand something they don't see, mm-hmm. right? So, like when you see someone with vis- visible disabilities, um, it's a lot easier to feel sympathy or empathy for someone. Um, that, I mean, it's the same thing with someone that's going through something mental. Right. Um, we have a hard time with empath- empathizing or sympathizing with something that we can't physically see or understand. And I think that chronic pain is completely in line with that. So when, you know, when someone's asking, what are you doing with your life? It's most likely because they can't understand, which is such a shame because, I mean, I, I've, didn't look up stats and I, I should have, but the, chronic pain is a huge issue that a lot of people deal with, and I would like there's probably more people that deal with it silently than not as well because of you know the things that surround it and the absolutely. Right. I, I was
1: telling Becky right before we started that um, the reason why I wanted to do this episode too was, I mean, and again, this doesn't take away from your specific story, but the umbrella of of chronic pain is so encompassing of, like, my friend who has lupus, my friend who has, you know, early-onset rheumatoid arthritis Mm -hmm. in her mid-20s, my mom who has fibromyalgia, and they have, like, no idea what that even is, but I'm watching these people in my life having these, like, silent companions. I think that's what chronic pain is, because when you look at them, they seem perfectly normal. Yeah. They seem perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. They can't get out of the chair. Right. And and you don't know that unless you know that. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I I you know, I know don't know how – how do you go about, like, introducing yourself to new people?
2: Well, before it was, you know, very easy as a salesman because it's like, hey, like, I sell this stuff, but, like, how are you today, you mm-hmm. know? Like, so you'd make friends like that, but I'd also uh... –
1: So you'd, like, just kind of almost pro- – not project, it's, I guess it's the yeah, – but you'd deflect. Is that what you're saying? Like, you would just sort of, like – not disclose certain things, or you would make it about them.
2: Yeah, I would really more or less try to like surround a conversation around the other person because I right. would not want to deal mm-hmm. with talking about my life. And a lot of times it came to the point where it was like, I came to tears because it's like we're starting to talk about my life. And I'm just like, I need to go to the bathroom yeah, (laughs) because, you know, it's uncomfortable, at least at the time, because it was like a a transfer period as I was adapting to something I was not yet used to. Mm -hmm. Now I'm at the point where I'm much more adapted to it and accepting of it. You're talking
0: about it more openly, uh,
2: right? And now, even like I, I started going out to the bar again. You know, I started like you know saying like, "Hey, did you see that fight the other week with McGregor? He got, he knocked the other guy out 40 seconds." You <laughs> know, just making small conversation, not necessarily bringing back to the fact that I have discomfort and pain, but if it comes up, I'm not gonna make it all about that. I'll be like, "Yeah, I have a little bit of a sciatic problem."
1: <laughs> what changed for you exactly and i asked that too because uh, obviously I, I, we read your your bio um that you submitted and you know at the very end of it you're like today i'm unemployed i'm you know but like what followed that sentence was but i'm finding new ways to like channel my creativity to do things while i'm sedentary what made 2020 different like when did you wake up and say i need to approach this from a different you know
2: i think that as i started to Go back into social media and see some of the lives people were living, some of the things that were going on. Like, not everybody was necessarily in that cookie-cutter lifestyle where it was like, we got a job, we got a family, we got a house, we got two dogs. We got a two-car garage with a Mercedes and a van, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are some people out there that's like, I'm an artist, you know? I sell art, and I make some money off of it, but I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like... Just because they don't have that job, so to speak, doesn't mean that they can't make a job out of some of the creativity that is inside you Hmm. that you don't even really know about until you try to approach that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there were some things that I would have never seen myself doing. I would have never seen myself writing, Mm -hmm. and I love to write now. Like, that's literally why I I knocked out that bio that I gave you in, like, literally 20 minutes. I was just like, I'm just going to... (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's an escape for me now because when I, unlike before the pain uh, era, uh, (laughs) I uh, literally now escape into my writing rather than into exercise or sports and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I had to find new ways to keep myself busy, not only but like find new skills that I could grasp in order to make a job out of those skills, Mm -hmm. so to speak. You know it, it's
1: really interesting that like in in one of the rare moments that social media does good, yeah. <laughs> you I mean really I mean you, you it seems like you were inspired by other people right. online well in other it, lives,
2: and it's not even that like I'm close to some of these people still yeah. you don't have to be. but it's just yeah. like I was close to them in high school. I'm very happy for where they are now. And that happiness that I feel for them kind of instilled a little bit of motivation in myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So like I see people get married, having kids, and I'm just like, heck yeah. (laughs) You know, like I want a little piece of that pie. So I'm trying to like kind of like form a new way to kind of like make it to the top, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Because the top that I had envisioned in 2010 Was a lot different than the top that I'm looking at now because I stumbled down the hill a little bit, but now I'm looking (laughs) back up. I'm like, hey, so, you know, I um, like that.
1: You made an interesting point and I I just want to real quick just get you to get you to expand on it. Do you find that you're happier for other people since you've accepted that you can have happiness in your own life?
2: Yes. Like it's a little bit like I said, it, it kind of instills a little bit of light in yourself. And that, like, you can really use that forever you want. Like, for me, it motivated me. But, like, that happiness you feel for somebody else can really, like, put good into the world. Like, you can't just, like, see that somebody's married and be like, you know, like... Like, you don't want to be like a snub. You, yeah. you want to fucking be like, listen. <laughs> listen. You can curse, but you can't be violent. <laughs> uh, listen, like, you know, like, I'm happy for this person. Like, they're living a good life. I'm
0: proud of them. I want to live a good life, too. And it's, I think that, I mean, that type of energy is what brings us back that type of energy, too. Um, you know, the more you give that, the I say this all the time. If you see something that like you like, even if it's on social media, if you see something someone posts that you like, like say it, like tell them Mm -hmm. like that, that's what we need more of that. in this is going to be a really weird transition. But, um, you know, the fact that like Instagram might be taking away likes, it's, it's interesting for me to think about because I like the idea that it forces people to comment and be more um, sure. Like vocally active, mm-hmm. um, if they see it and they want someone to know it, they comment because that type of communication is a lot more personal and beneficial than just you know tapping on. It something. forces you
1: to care less about the attention and more about the impact that you might be mm-hmm. making with your statement. Exactly,
0: yeah. um, and I think it's important for us, you know, to keep on bringing each other up and talking about not only the, like our good times but our bad times as well. Right, um, I think that. You know, you had opened up your life on sub- on social media. You had made a post, and that's what initially I had sent to Laura because um, you had posted, and I was like, wow, like, this is what we need more of. You, you know, you were raw and honest, and you had put yourself out there and explained what you were going through. Um, I'm just wondering the type of feedback that, that you had gotten from that and if it's what you expected.
2: Um It kind of was literally like I was like, I I haven't posted on Facebook in years. So I'm just going to kind of give people a like raw summary of like what's going on in my life, who I am and what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So it was more or less like, you know, I I, I received, uh, you know, comments and likes and text messages from people I haven't heard or talked to in a very long time. Yeah. So it was very uplifting to me to see that people still are reading these things, you know, mm-hmm. and they're actually, you know, like you said, um, commenting on it and, you know, kind of saying like, hey, like, good for you, man. Yeah. And the fact that even that you reached out to me, was very <laughs> uplifting, too, because I was like, well, heck, yeah, I want to talk about it. You know, yeah. this is kind of why I just posted it. it exactly. Was like two days <laughs> later, I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was very good to see that, you know, the outpouring of love of people that, uh, you haven't talked to in a very long time, but you know, still care mm-hmm. and that, you know, that they're feeling that same happiness that I was talking about for you mm-hmm. that, that I was for them. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like a mutual, like give back that little happiness to the world. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we should all be doing Yeah. is trying to like give back a little bit of happiness, even though everybody's going through shit, like don't talk about it, mm. like talk about it, but don't make it all about that. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a good message. Yeah,
0: it is, and 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 make sure, you know, talking about it, and make sure that you understand what you're feeling, and move forward from it. Right. You know, don't just let don't let it just like, not accept it, and just push it down, and let it like deteriorate you as a human. Um, I was 128 pounds back
2: in 2018, and uh, I am much heavier now, (laughs) but I was sickly. I was not. Like, I was depressed. I was not Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. And that's what isolation did to me. You (laughs) know, that's what bundling up all that negative energy did to me. It literally, like you said, made me feel deteriorating Mm -hmm. um, where I literally was. I was 128 pounds, which was kind of ridiculous. Um, But ultimately, like, I moved past that. Like I said, I accepted what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to mentally make it all about that. I like you know it's part of my physical being there's no denying that but you have a physical being and you have a conscious being and don't make the one issue the strength
0: mm-hmm.
2: or, or weakness, weakness so yeah. to speak uh follow the strength you know like you have so much else to give than the problems that you are having in your life you know like make it more about the positive energy that you have to give like Create something, make mm-hmm. somebody smile, post something nice, like you said. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you never know what somebody's going through.
0: You never know what they need to hear.
2: You never know what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's why it's very important to be kind to everybody in every second of every day, to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like when you say, "Oh, be kind to everybody," I was like, "I'm trying," but I'm, <laughs> you know, just some to days the best are easier. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if you're thinking about it, that's trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's taking that next step. Like, in the back of your mind, you're like, I should have said thank you to that guy. Or I should have said, hey, how are you doing today?
1: Mm-hmm. You're checking yourself. Right, right. exactly. It's self-awareness, right? It's
2: like, so many people are about instant gratification, about moments, about things on Facebook. It's like, we don't want to interact with the real world unless it's part of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you walk past that old guy that's used to saying, hello, goodbye to everybody back 40 years ago and he's like getting walked by like by a bunch of kids Mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna be that guy that's be like how are you doing today yeah you know because he's like i'm doing well you know it puts a smile on their face you know and that's what i feel like uh the message that we're trying to put out is all about is like take that happiness put it out there make something good out of it Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Do you think that so you had said, you know, during that 2018 2019 part of your years of life that you had a hard time letting people in, you know, letting your friends help you and and letting other people beside your family be there for you. Do you think that you've allowed more people in your life to know what's going on like personally um, that you have like close relationships with or do you think that's something you're still working on?
2: Um, well, I'm definitely opening myself more like I'm like talking to more of my old friends again, telling them what's up, you know, like not making it all about that, but letting them, mm-hmm. you know, know this is what's happening to me, you know, even in the, the dating scene, like I used to have like kind of an obnoxious Tinder profile, you know what I mean? <laughs> now I'm just kind of <laughs> like, Hey, like, this is me <laughs> full disclosure on the bottom. I do suffer from a bad favorite yeah. issue. So I'm kind of like putting myself more out there. Like. Have you found that
1: people are more receptive to the honesty?
2: Yeah. Uh, Honestly, like, I get, like, people that match with me, and they're kind of like, I think that's really, like, brave, you know, for you to do that kind of thing. Not that I'm still talking to that person that I like, but I'm like, hell yeah, thank you. You know? (laughs) That little bit of happiness, you know? There you go. So, um, yeah, I'm very... uh, to the point where I'm over the isolation, but I'm still working on it, mm-hmm. but I'm ultimately putting myself out there. Like, today was, like, kind of, like, a huge step for me even because, like, I'm not used to, like, talking on, like, a live thing yeah. or, you know, recording or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I'm getting over that. Like, even in college, like, I was very nervous about public speaking. Mm-hmm. And now, here you are now. And here I am now on a podcast having yeah. a full-blown conversation with two awesome <laughs> young ladies here, you know. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, we got our coffee <laughs> cups that people don't know what's in them, but <laughs> we have them. If
0: anyone wants to send us some new ones, let us know.
2: All about them coffee cups.
0: <laughs> so... There is a conversation that we are about to begin to have outside that I want to have now. Um, You know, you were talking about the ways that you cope with your pain. Um, Obviously, the opioid epidemic is huge in the country, but especially, I mean, it's huge where we're from. Um, We've lost way too many people to it that we both know. Um, if you kind of want to talk about your pain management and the steps that you've taken for yourself, um, because I know that's, that's a huge aspect of this.
2: That that's a big part of the story because getting over the pain is the hardest part. Um, for me, the biggest thing was trying to distract myself in, in ways that I could kind of like cope with the pain. Um, ultimately, um, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question?
0: <laughs> you, you ultimately decide to go with like trying to figure out how to cope with the pain.
2: Oh, so I mean, <laughs> it, it really was trying to like take myself out of this isolation that I was putting myself in because that was honestly not helping the situation at mm-hmm. all. Um, what I had to end up doing was, like I said, get more involved in different things, distract myself in ways that I knew would be helpful. Like I read a lot. I, I play a lot of video games. Not that that's a good thing, but it still distracts <laughs> me in the ways that I need. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm about writing now.
0: Do you not do you not take anything?
2: Well, I, I do take um, Lyrica, which is a fibromyalgia uh nerve pain medication it's not an opioid Mm -hmm. um but i did however uh, when i had back surgery the first time i might have back surgery again but that's to be decided yeah um i was put on a prescription for percocets for probably about three four months Mm -hmm. and i had probably over 900 percocets at my availability that's insane. Yeah, like they literally just pushed them like this will help, this will get you through. Like it did. Yeah. But like they didn't tell you it's like how hard it was gonna be getting to get off, off of those. it. So you yeah. took it
1: for the full duration, the full I three took four it for months. The full okay.
2: Three months. I took all the pills. I was, you know, very. um, What's the word I'm looking for? I was very disappointed in what I had to go through after the fact because I kind of put trust in the medical field. Yeah. And I, at the time I was just like, yeah, they're telling me to take this little help. Like I did. And it got me to a point where I was like, I hate how I'm feeling after the fact, mm-hmm. you know? And then I was like, what do I do? You know? So for me, I turned to a little bit more of a, a organic alternative, you know, I, yeah. I, I smoke cannabis. Yeah. You know, I'm not afraid to say it because.
1: Do you, are you actually issued a medical marijuana card not
2: yet okay but i'm working on That's that okay no one's gonna arrest you no i know um <laughs> yeah. but you have to kind of like go through the process of going to the right doctor that can fill out the business. so they mm-hmm. make it very difficult in order to do that of course they do oh. and you know it's it's
0: in certain states certain states you it's know, easier and
2: it's very it's funny because we went from Them just giving me a bunch of pills to it being more difficult to get something that could be just as beneficial. (laughs)
1: so true. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not an opioid. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Or like, And I
2: also take CBD, like, you know, where it's just non-psychoactive, just Mm -hmm. makes me feel relaxed, helps with the pain a little bit. And uh, aside from that, I really don't take anything else because I'm so you know, standoffish with the medications that are uh, available. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I always tell the pain management dog, like, don't put me on op- an op- opioid. Good. Like, you know, I'm not about that life anymore. Uh, Just, you know, like you said, because we, you know, mm-hmm. after the fact, we've lost friends, you know, yeah. to the same thing. That ignorant me at the time was not thinking anything. It could have been me. Well,
1: what what actually was it like physically weaning yourself off of? Um, you know, Percocet,
2: you ever try to eat one Lay's potato chip? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) It's very difficult, right? So,
2: you know, it's like, try eating one Lay's potato chip and try to isolate that feeling. You know, it's like, I really want to have another one. Yeah. That's kind of how that feels, where it's like, it got me to a point where I wasn't thinking about the pain. I wasn't feeling the pain, Mm -hmm. but it was more or less a smokescreen. Because what it was really doing was hooking me mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it, it was. And if you don't
0: like properly c- come down off of them, it's.
2: It it was literally like feeling like hungover every day. Yeah. It, it's not fun. And I I, I want to say at one point I felt like I was going having the flu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I oh, was absolutely. Just like very, it's withdraw. Yeah, I don't like to call it that because I don't like to say that I went through something like I, that. Well, if oh. it
0: makes you feel better, I 1000% went through withdrawal of painkillers and I never in my entire life abused painkillers or took them for like when I got my knee surgery, I was taking them and I went and I was on them for like two weeks. This was like my second knee surgery. So it was earlier when they still were just pushing drugs. So I had like Dilaudid or something and morphine and pills that I was taking for my – after my knee surgery. And I was taking them for two weeks and I went away for the weekend and I thought to myself, you know what? I don't need – like I'm going out and like partying with friends. Like I don't want to bring them. I don't like – I don't need them. Holy shit. Like I went through like a 48-hour withdrawal. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think. I couldn't like Mm – move my like brain shut down i was going through cold sweats and you itch i i thought that like i didn't like comprehend what i was going through like i was like i have to go to the hospital like i'm literally dying and then i was like holy shit like my body is going through withdrawal from two weeks of
2: Mm -hmm. painkillers not to mention i was on it for three months so yeah uh, right you know that's why
1: I asked physically, like how was it? Because yeah. that's, a, that's an extended you, period of time. Do you
2: know what pre, like you ever take pre-workout? Yeah. You know that like, that like that itch itchy you get. That, oh yeah. That's how that feels. Yeah. Like when you're coming off. It's crazy. It's nuts. You just. I don't like... think I'm
1: taking pre-workout correctly then, because. <laughs> well, if you don't. Oh, really? T- yeah. I take the pill form oh that's uh, no weird. the powder. That powder the powder when i did I work out GMC, that, I don't that know, powder maybe. you know <laughs> yeah uh, so that's
2: funny you know it, it was a very difficult part of my life that i don't normally talk about and i did have a hard time dealing with it um but looking back you know i'm much stronger now mm-hmm. than uh that period of time because I I was more or less ignorant to the fact that I was hooking myself on something. I had no idea that I was. Uh, Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people, that was a lot of misunderstanding from a lot of people during that time.
2: I'm in college now. So I'm having to take classes while feeling like shit Mm -hmm. and trying to get over a three month withdrawal that I had of taking Percocet. So it was a very hard part of my life. I got through it. I passed, most of my classes (laughs) Uh, so I'm very proud of that but ultimately you know it it was you know it was hard and there's no sugarcoating it like Mm -hmm. it it really put me into a a hard spinner spiral in the beginning of college yeah so it was kind of hard to ground myself through that but I ultimately pushed past it you know found faith in myself, you know, and just kind of like took it for what it is, kind of like how I am doing with the pain now. And I was mm-hmm. like this is happening. It's running its course. Yeah. You know, it'll it'll pass. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of my mentality going through that was like it will pass. Yeah. You know, all drugs run their course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so I think we're going to go into since we're we're almost up there in time um we're gonna go into a segment so what we like to do what did you laugh
1: yeah but just because you were like excited to <laughs> go into the segment i don't know you were, it was cute uh, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those not listening never mind i don't care
0: we, we, we need to,
1: like a little screen to come in a <laughs> segment i could do that <laughs> oh my god we need like elements like uh Andy Cohen has. Too. Oh, absolutely. Oh. And a
2: soundboard. And <laughs> you could be our soundboard. You that was a good defense. I mean, I have a meme soundboard on my phone. <laughs> <There you go.
1: laughs>
0: anyway, we are going to funny. go into a segment, a new segment that we have on season two. Um, we ask our viewers to ask questions. Um, so we'll go through a couple questions and then you can just answer them. Um, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Laura's gonna. Laura has them on her phone. That's what she's looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs>
1: um, okay. Okay. Let's see. I like this one. Um, you kind of, you maybe sort of answered this already, but not explicitly. So, so, sure. so, um, one person asks, "How do you keep your mental health in check?" I think that's very important to cover.
2: Um, I think that the best thing is to kind of have like a routine. Uh, I think that the best thing that I ever started doing was that, you know, is just make your bed in the morning. It's the first thing you do <laughs> when you wake up. It's like I accomplished a task and go on from there. Like I actually saw guys do a speech about that and I was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So it was like a big I part. I do that too. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. was like a big part of like getting over, you know, the pain and then putting my mental state in check because it's like, well, I got to do this, mm-hmm. but I got to do that next. I want to do that next so it's kind of like a domino effect so to speak so that you kind of take the mental uh, anguish away mm-hmm. with a routine yeah you okay. know so there's that and there's also like i said just distract yourself distract yourself with things that you know are going to make you happy like if you want to watch a whole season of friends and it distracts you from your pain do it you <laughs> know if you want to beat this next video game that came out that nobody beat yet do it distract yourself you know Yeah. write something just you know keep yourself occupied I think that is the biggest word to put out there is just keep yourself occupied and then think about always what that negative feeling you're having in the background is and put Mm. it in check Yeah. you know because it's always going to be there but you got to make it rational Mm -hmm. you got to take it into perspective and say do I really need to put that out there right now you know yeah Where do I want to do this? Do I want to make my bed? (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's funny. I have um, two more questions that I think are are really good. Um, What has worked for their pain? I'm in dire need of something that that works for pain. I I like this question because we talked about what not to do.
2: Mm -hmm. Opioids. Obviously, opioids is not the right way to
1: go. So how do you manage the physical pain? Are there, like, do you you know will you not allow yourself to sit for a certain period of time stand first can you stretch a certain way you mentioned that
2: i try not to sit for a long period of time first of all um but i do stretch all day like it's just like something that i gotta do in order to kind of keep myself you know a little bit less stiff and more limber Mm -hmm. um ultimately though you know you just kind of gotta do what you gotta do
1: you gotta, fi- you gotta smoke weed.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like everyone has like their different things, um, that they try and it works. CBD works for some people smoking weed, smoke, smokes for some, smokes, <laughs> smokes for some people. <laughs> like, you know, I, works I, for some people. I, I, um, I, I
2: smoke weed for the most part to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, like I said, I have one prescription, uh, Lyrica in order to, you know, help, uh, dilate some of the pain that i have mm-hmm. um but ulti- you gotta be
1: careful with that though because i know my mom tried lyrica and uh, it like affected her a1c number because she also has diabetes so anybody out there who might have you know complications with their sugar levels maybe stay away from later yeah i don't want to like i mean it's not for enjoy the medication and yeah, cause no, more it's problems. not for everybody but yeah. it's like you know
2: Ask your i talked talk to my pain management doctor uh and he recommend that i take that because it wasn't an opioid you mm-hmm. know and it was something that helped a lot of people with fibromyalgia symptoms right. so he was like you know give it a shot he put me on it three times a day and then you know i also smoke three J's a day so <laughs> <laughs> You know, it just <laughs> kind of like evens out. Yeah. So whatever works for you, um, but try things. Don't be afraid to try things. Yeah. Just not opioids.
1: Yeah. Um, finally, how can someone be of support?
2: Um, I think that the best way that somebody can be of support is just offering their, you know, understanding. You know, just kind of be like, like, I don't fully get what you're going through, but I'm here for you. And I, you know, I'm here to listen Mm-hmm. If you want to tell me, like, I think that's the big thing is just somebody being there to listen and give some feedback. Like, I think that's the real big thing that people in pain want to hear is a little bit of feedback because not everybody wants to hear themselves talk Yeah. You know, because it just feels like you're just spilling out mm-hmm. everything that's going on with you and then you're not getting any of like perspective sure. or understanding. That's, that's a very good point. So I think that, you know, people need to be there in understanding for that person in order to, you know, kind of guide them down a better path, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it can be very isolating, you know, and the best thing you can do is just offer a hand and just say, hey, like, I'm here. Yeah. You know, and not many people are just going to say, like, hey, I'm here. We're like, hey, how you doing? Right. you know check in on you a little bit mm-hmm. like that that's huge right. for somebody that's feeling something like that every day or have,
1: have a full conversation right you know i mean that's and ironically that's sort of that's what we're predicated on it's mm-hmm. just like the idea of having conversations yes. like we're having now but it's it doesn't have to be with the microphone right you, know? you just got
2: to be open and honest and, and just kind of like give it get out there
0: mm-hmm. you know yeah um <clears throat> okay so the final final part Why is that so funny? Final parts. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) 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 Um, So the last thing that we like to do is ask our guests for a last word of advice. Um, Any last minute or last thoughts that you want people to know or just advice that you would give to anyone listening? Um,
2: I think that if I were to put something out there into perspective, I would just say, you're not alone. Um, there are a lot of people that are going through what you're going through, uh, though that not many of them will speak out, but you know, I was one of those people and here I am speaking out. So I kind of want to make it into a domino effect, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So like, take what we've said today into perspective and put it out there for somebody else you know give that chain of happiness a go Mm -hmm. and take it for what it is and put it back out there into the world because you never know what another person is going through and like i said the best thing you can do is be there for them in in a way that is a little bit more mutual than just a a conversation via the internet Mm -hmm. you know go out for ice cream go to pliables, you know, like, (laughs) I I love love food. So I'm all gonna just keep listing (laughs) restaurants here. But you know, just kind of like, you know, don't isolate yourself. Be who you are. But get out there and spread happiness. Like that would probably be my ultimate message because you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to feel a little happiness in order to get through what they're going through. You know, and that's what got me through what I was going through. So Instilled a little bit of motivation back into myself.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, that was great. Absolutely, well said.
0: Do you have any final words, Laura?
1: No, I just th- honestly just thank you for for. Me. <laughs> Can I do a sign? Yeah. Final words. <laughs> no, just thank you for coming on. You know, this obviously sort of hits home for me because of my mom and, and my friends, and um, you know, I, I I appreciate everything that you said. Um, in the hopes that somebody else maybe treats my mom and my friends a little bit better you know you know not not that they're mistreated but you know what i mean yeah more understanding i
2: think that once the health care community works out the whole business and patient side of things Mm -hmm. like separate out the business take care of the patients yeah because people like me and your mom are going through stuff and things aren't getting done about it Right. yeah you know it's just like well you could get this injection might help you might not
0: right Might make it worse. Right. Yeah. So it's like
2: we need a little bit more innovation and we need the insurance companies to start paying for them too. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, Right. They're like, ah, that guy's funny. (laughs) (laughs) One can hope.
0: All right. Awesome. Um, Well, again, thank you so much for taking the time of coming out here. Um, I'm glad that I reached out because, you know, this is a topic that should be talked about more. Um, to let people know that, you know, even though the pain isn't visible, it's it's still there and it still matters. Um, So for those of you that are listening, make sure to like, subscribe, comment. Um, I say this every time, but share this episode with someone that you think it could help because one more person that listens to us and, you know, sees our platform could be another person that we help. Um, So yeah, so thank you for listening. Have a good day. Or night, whenever you are tuning in, uh, and we'll see you guys next week.
2: Next, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> for the haters, for the haters, come on to it now or later. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's all matter. Watch your name and share your story We'll be
1: waiting oh, oh, oh.